Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky, here with my friend and my co-host, Jimmy the Saver Guy. Just kidding, Jamie Wagner. Although, Jamie, I got, I got to tell you, the snow recently has me thinking about being on a boat, sailing, being in warm weather. And you once were known as Jimmy the Saver Guy. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. You guys have met Tom Lucky twice now, the only repeat guest on the podcast. And uh, he, he took to calling me Jimmy the Saver Guy because I had to jump off of a moving sailboat to, to save. Multiple times. Yeah, to save some things. So um, the sailboat was not moving quickly. I did not jeopardize my life in any of those moments. But for that reason, Tom takes to calling me Jimmy the Saver Guy. Um, there's a whole regardless, regardless, yeah. saver guy. It is good to see you again. <laughs> How's your week going? What have you been up to? Where are we at today? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of travel right now. Um, spoke with a football team on Monday, spoke with, uh, you know, tennis and cross country teams as they were ending their seasons last week and just a really cool way to end some seasons, had some state tournament qualifications, even though there were no state tournament competitions this year in Minnesota, um, you know, got to celebrate with coaches and, and athletes as they, you know, got to achieve some goals. And, and that's been a lot of fun. You know, we're traveling kind of with this house purchase movement stuff. And, um, and so it's been, it's been a cool thing to have to be busy. And that's, that's great. I, I had a principal when I was teaching, tell me that if my hair wasn't on fire, I'd probably be bored. Um, he just said that that was kind of how I live my life. And I think, you know, that I'm a little bit built that way where it's like, I'm always looking for the next challenge, the next opportunity, the next thing. Um, but that also creates some challenges, right? That creates some, some headaches and some stress. And I think in some ways, that's what our conversation is today is this kind of like looking at it through a prism of decision-making and how we make quality decisions, even in those moments of hair on fire, life is stressful. Um, things are coming at you and there's all kinds of things going on, but, uh, you know, I'm not perfect at it by any stretch, but we talk about these things personally. And I think, you know, we just, there's value in having the conversation on air to say, this is kind of our process and how we get to some of these decisions. So a couple of things that struck me when you were just talking about that, and I know we're not a topical podcast, but we both just before we hit record, we, we've been in the last couple of weeks, we watched the social dilemma on Netflix. And if you haven't watched that, I would recommend go watch it. It's certainly, I knew a lot of the stuff, but it was enlightening to me and it challenged me to think about how I prioritize my time. And if I'm actually in control of my time and my decision-making, Right. And, and so often right now, there's so many things competing for our time and our attention. And when we have to make decisions about how we're going to move forward, you know, all of those things come into that. And how do we weed through some of that? How do we get through the weeds and come out on the other side, you know, making a decision that's best for us and our family and those sorts of things, I think is just, again, top of mind based on kind of our life experiences right now. Um, my brother and sister-in-law are just finishing up medical residency. They're trying to figure out, you know, 
I have all these options. We have all these things that we could do. What do we want to do? You know, and what goes into making that decision? So, yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're working on the first remodel of a home that we've ever done, right? We, we are in the process of making a ton of decisions. And my wife said recently, like, if we ever have to build a home from like, scratch from basement up she's like i'm out i don't know that i can handle that because we have like every decision is yours you have the control and i just liken it to you know it once you open netflix and it's like recommended for you because you watched all these things and then it's like just keep scrolling and you like making a decision is somewhat paralyzing sometimes because you have all of the options at your feet it's how do i make a good decision but so many of us want to make the right decision, right? We want to make the perfect decision because we want to please other people. We want to say, well, opportunity cost. If I watch this thing, and we're not really talking about watching TV, but if I pick this thing, then I miss out an opportunity to do another thing. And we have these like processes in place that we go, oh, if I just do this, Right, and that's the social dilemma kind of point is like, if I just do this thing that I always do, then I don't have to make the decision. I just respond to something or react to something that's happening outside of my control. And that actually makes life a whole lot easier for us. But we talked about it in episode one, episode two, probably episode seven, 13 and 16. I have no idea what numbers, but we've talked about it a lot. Be intentional, be purposeful. And when we make default decisions based on what we typically do, we've given away some agency. And in doing so, I think we potentially give away some happiness, some joy. Well, I think you talked about giving away agency. There's some things that, you know, David Walker was on recently. I heard, I was listening to their podcast. He wasn't on our episode, but he was talking about his experience with being recruited to play college football and how he kind of, he visited some places. He talked to some coaches. He thought he had some offers. He thought he had options, right? And then all of a sudden he started to learn, well, no, we actually offered that to somebody else. And then he went to his second option and it's like, well, no, we still want you to come. We think you're great, but it's still not going to be what you expected it to be. Right. And so when we pause and when we don't, we aren't intentional about it. Sometimes the decision gets made for us. And I think that's part of the social dilemma too. And just for the record, I mean, we're on social media. I use it every day, but I, I have to put parameters around it for myself. I actually just posted not long ago in our Facebook group about how, you know what, sometimes that is the distraction that we need to shut off. And so it's not about, okay, all of these things in our life are bad that compete for our attention that get in the way of us, you know, being able to decide for ourselves, but it's being intentional about, choosing you get to choose and not letting something else or someone else choose for you. So I, I think that's the, the thing that I'm really wrestling with right now is like, how do you go about identifying and prioritizing the things that actually matter when there's so many good options? You know, that's the, that's the other part of it is like to use the Netflix analogy, there's a lot of good entertaining things out there and it's still hard to make the decision. So I had a guidance counselor in high school that gave me a really wonderful piece of advice that 
I wish I listened to more often, actually. I, I know it and I've given it as a, as a high school teacher to a lot of students in the past because it was so good. But then I don't follow it sometimes. He said, you know, you're in the situation where you have these good options because you've made good decisions leading up to right now. All of these options are good. None of them are bad. Leave as many doors open for as long as possible as you can. But when they shut voluntarily, like don't regret it. Don't be remorseful about it because you didn't get to do the thing you thought you, you know, in retrospect wanted to do because the only reason you're feeling that way is now it's not available any longer, right? You're having this buyer's remorse reality. He's saying, leave as many doors open as possible. And some of them will shut on their own. And then you get to choose to shut the rest of them. And then when you walk through, like go through and don't look back. And I've, I've heard that before. I've said it out loud before. And then I'm just as guilty as all of us. And man, maybe I should have, well, why? Right. Maybe that door will come open again later, you know, and, and yes, they're all good. So what does it matter if, you know, one is marginally better in the end than the other one. Right. And, um, you know, we, we quibble about that marginality. Sometimes we we're like, Oh, I wish I would have had that, you know, half a percent increase of whatever, you know, and that's, it's trivial. It's trivial. It's not worth spending time being frustrated about it because the, if the joy again is in the journey, let's be present on the journey. Let's not be thinking about the opportunity missed over here. Yeah. You touched on it a little bit, like making the right decision, right? Making the perfect choice. I just saw a graphic actually yesterday and it was about, you know, it said how to make the perfect decision. And then the perfect was crossed off, right? How to make the decision. And there was two arrows, you know, one of them points to if it works out, great, big thumbs up. Right. And the second one is if it doesn't adapt and it will work out and it will be fine. Right. And, and I think that's the thing that we get caught up in is like, how do we make the perfect decision in everything? It doesn't, I, you know, I'm just thinking about all of the, the people in my life that are facing decisions. We have, I have nieces that are looking at colleges right now. You know, I talked about my brother and sister-in-law I'm talking about where do I want to go live and, and work? Um, you might be thinking about like, where do you want to raise your family or where do you want to go to school or where do you want to go on vacation? And all of those things, there is no perfect but you have yeah. to be able to adapt. And I think that's where, you know, the mindset around making decisions is like, yes, it can become paralyzing. But if we have the mindset that we're always going to adapt and get feedback and see how it goes. And if, if it works out great. Right. But we need to have those skills in place. I was listening to a podcast with Russell Wilson recently and Russell Wilson is, uh, a huge champion of the mental side of performance. And he has a business called limitless minds and works with some sports psych people. And he's clearly at the top of his profession right now. He's, you know, the, the odds on favorite to win MVP in the NFL, being the best player in the league right now. And he's just, he's just lighting it up. And one of the things that he talked about was like, let's just get back to neutral thinking, right? Let's just get back to the baseline. And so often when we make a decision, we then, we, we don't go back to baseline. 
we say, okay, we start to expect it's going to be the right decision. It's going to be perfect. Or we start to have remorse about maybe it, maybe it wasn't the thing that I thought it was going to be, you know? And so how do we stay at neutral once we make that decision or in the process of making the decision, just assume that when the decision is made, you're back at square one, you're back at neutral and nothing else matters. Like let's take, for example, recently we decided on the pattern of a countertop for our new home. Right. And I, it wasn't a huge decision. I'm going to be honest. We didn't spend as much time on it as we could have because ultimately we're like, okay, these three, all of them would be fine. Just pick one. Right. And in the past, I'm going to be serious. I would have agonized or my wife may have agonized about which of those decisions was the right one. But she said something to me that I think was really, really powerful. She said, no matter what decision we make in this thing, neither of us has the right to say later on, I wish we would have chosen something else. We just, we were intentional about it. She did this as a gift to us in this process, right? And it was a gift. She said, neither of us gets to go down the road and say, I wish we would have chosen something else. Even if we say, hey, I really like this, but like, don't do that. Now that that opportunity has been removed for us, whichever of the three we decide, we like all three of them, right? We've now taken away the potential to have that remorse down the road. And just that one little intentional behavior took a ton of the decision-making stress away because she was kind of, she had enough foresight to say, actually, let's not do this thing that we typically do. Let's not do this thing where we look back and go, oh, I wish we would have. No, that option is removed. That door is closed now. And the decision became much, much easier because guess what? It makes us live in the present moment. And honestly, the three countertops that we were deciding between weren't that different. They're all the <laughs> same color pattern. Like they're just different looking, right? And so it mattered very, very little. But I so think we spend time and waste time thinking about the particulars when sometimes it's not necessary. That idea of going back to baseline though, after you make that decision is true. Cause even if it's, even if it is a really good decision and it works out, you're still there. Like you still have to make more decisions at some point, you still have to continue on living your life. And, you know, to stay with the countertop analogy, like even if you do get to the point where you're like, ah, I just don't like it that much. Now you're, if, if you use that tool to go back to baseline, well, what are your options? You live with it. You get a new countertop. Now you might want to not want to do that because it's going to cost you more money and it's going to be annoying and whatever. You still have options. You can adapt if you want, but, and that's adapting physically or it's adapting mentally to how you're going to approach, you know, the outcome of this decision or where you're at currently with that. And I think we get caught up in the consequences of the decision sometimes too dramatically that, oh, what if I have to spend more money? And I'm not like, I'm not diminishing that because that's a really consequential thing. And I, totally. I think we should make conscious decisions around that. But, but we make the consequences outsized often, you know, um, I think about in athletics, you know, as a safety plan, the middle of the field, like, what if I open left instead of open, right? Well, does it really matter? Sometimes it might, 
right? But mostly the point is to get depth, right? Like get depth so you can play two receivers or whatever it might be. So we, we agonize over which way should I do it? When in reality, the, the truth is just do it create the opportunity for yourself and then learn from it. I, I worked with a coach who, who used to said, sometimes we win, sometimes we learn, you know? And I think that's a, uh, maybe a bit of a cliched statement at this point in time, but sometimes we win and sometimes we lose would be the way that people would frame that. But sometimes we learn. And if you make it a poor decision, the consequence times is catastrophic, but we can't change it. So let's learn from it. So how do we move forward? Well, how do we how do we actually get to the point where we make a decision? You know, because it's it's also not about just make the first decision, right? Make the take the first option that's there. Because I think that's I mean we we do talk about act right, take a step. You don't have to know always, but it's also not necessarily just take the first one. So I'll. And we were talking about this, you and I were talking about this the other day when kind of working through some of the house decisions that we were dealing with. And, and Ke- my wife and I have, have talked about this before um, and she saw it and I don't know what it is and, I'm, and I don't know the reference and that eats me up because I, I like to have the reference point for you all. But we talk about the 37% rule. And so what that is, is we, we pick a date when we want to have a final decision made. And then- for 37% of that time, we do a ton of research and we look at everything we possibly can and we get to the point where we're like, okay, we know everything we need to know. We have all the data, we have all the information, we have all the stuff that we need. Anytime we interact with something after that 37% of the time frame has passed and it meets the criteria, we're going to be pleased with it. We're going to be happy about it. Let's not get lost in the weeds any longer. And that's just one tool. And it's something that she saw, you know, a long time ago and brought to our attention. And that's really helped us like, okay, you know, we want to make this decision by October 31st. That's, you know, eight days away. What's 37% of that. Okay. Let's just say it's three days. We're going to spend some time for the next three days, thinking about it, feeling it out, figuring out some of these details. And then after three days, whatever, whenever we encounter the thing that meets the criteria that we've decided in those first three days, we're going to say yes to it. And that so g- give me, give us, freedom. give us an example of that. Cause like, I don't, I mean, I, I, I understand the percentage and the research, but then when you say, when we encounter that, is it like, okay, I, I want to buy a new kitchen table. I'm going to research them. And then when we get to the point where we, we know kind of what the criteria is, is that what you're saying? Like the yeah, price, exactly. the look, the color, the whatever. Yep. And so let's say that we've done the research and we know that we want to spend less than $500. I don't know that that's a realistic reality, but maybe it is. Maybe we want to say we want to spend less than $500. So we do all the research and we say, these are the color options that I like. This is the, this is the grain or the whatever. These are the things that I want from a table. And then, you know, sometimes you might have to wait to find that the criteria that you want in that price range, you know, for, for a, it might be a sale comes on. You're like, okay, that's the one that's the thing that we're looking for and it meets the price range and that's what we're doing. And it's now past that. We're not going to keep looking. We're not going to, Oh, we might want that one. We want a different one because you've done the work. I think that's the thing that, and that's the point I'm trying to get to here is that when you feel like you've done enough of the work act, right. And 
the problem is, is we need to set some maybe arbitrary deadlines or guidelines for ourselves because we don't want to take action because we feel like we haven't done enough of the work. I'll give you another example of this in our business right now, trying to write a book. <laughs> and that's scary to say on the podcast because now there's, a, there's some relevance that people might expect me to actually do this thing. But that's part of this accountability piece. I expect you to do it already. Yeah, so John already expects me to do it. So we're trying to write a book. And it's like, does it matter when the book comes out, you know, to anybody but the two of us right now? No. Right. But unless we set an arbitrary deadline for ourselves, I'm just going to keep procrastinating because I'm always going to feel like, oh, I can do more research. I can read the next book. And I have a problem with that. I, I love to read. And so instead of saying, I'm going to read these six books or these 60 books, I say, I'm going to read these 60. And then there's probably 60 more. You know, I want to read these next 60 because what if I find the next good thing in there? And so instead of making a decision and taking action, I procrastinate because maybe I don't, I don't think I have enough information. Well, I just read 60 books. Like I have plenty of information. Now it's do the work and take action. And that's just true of all decision-making. I think sometimes there's snap decisions and snap judgments that we just feel good about and instinctively we do. But when we're given the opportunity to think about it and to chew on it, we face a lot of our own biases, our own belief systems that get in the way. Our mindset causes us some struggle. And I know that we've talked about this before, but maybe you could talk a little bit about some of these places where our thinking gets in the way. Maybe not. <laughs> well, I think th the most common is we overthink it, right? And we've, we've kind of gone through that is, is we, we think about, well, what are other people going to think of this decision? What, are, what am I going to feel like 10 years down the road if I buy this kitchen table? Well, when we start to overthink, then it, again, it paralyzes us. It causes us to not be able to act. I don't know if that's what you're looking for or not, but. Certainly. I, I just think like we bring biases to the table too, where we, you know, we assume certain things about different situations that maybe isn't true all the time, right? Where we, our experience says this thing, right? And maybe that's sure. part of the overthinking. It's like, oh, um, my experience about this event that I participated in back then, you know, two years ago, when I did that thing, and I made this decision, somebody was really critical of that. Somebody was very, you know, uh, spiteful in their response to my taking action in that way. And now I don't want to take that action again, because I think that that same thing is going to happen again. And that's a, a action that's been biased out of us almost because of someone else's response. Yeah, and, and it really goes back to we can't just make decisions or think about past, right? Yes, there's a value in, in looking back, but also each one is new, right? I'm a new person today than I was two years ago during that event or when that person was critical, right? And so when we look at actually what happened instead of, you know, what I feel about what happened or the story that I make up about what happened, then we're, we're, we're in a place of more freedom to make a decision about the current situation rather than letting all of that other stuff come into play. But no, I think you said it and you said a phrase that we use with athletes and we use with 
businesses is the story I made up, right? The story I'm telling myself right now. And we don't differentiate between the truth of that statement or that story and the actual truth. And I think when it comes to making decisions, we tell ourselves a lot of stories. We tell ourselves a lot of partial truths and that biases us away from action. It, it, it inhibits us from taking a step, which we encourage us to do all the time. Well, and I, I think it's, it's so, I just had this analogy pop into my head and it doesn't matter if it's like deciding what I'm going to wear to work today or to school today. Right. And like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to say this about this because it's red or it's blue or it's whatever. Right. They're going to think this about it. Or if it's, hey, do I want to move all the way across the country for my job? Because what if I, what if I don't like it? Right. You know, so that thing, we make up stories about every little decision and every big decision, you know, and so just recognizing that we, that we do that and, and pulling it back to, is this a story I'm making up or is this actually happening? And that contributes to this idea of decision fatigue. The more decisions we make, the more sifting through all this, these fictions that we create for ourselves, it becomes challenging at the end of the day to make these decisions. And so another tool potentially that we could have is, and we talked about this with the energy audit a a while back in one of our podcasts is like schedule decisions early on in your week so that or early on in your day. And there's plenty of research out there that says, you know, even judges who are paid to make really complex, emotionally challenging decisions, the longer they sit on the bench between breaks, the worse their decision-making becomes, you know, because they've had more and more decisions to make that are challenging. And so you have to sift through information and your brain just kind of fatigues on these things. And, uh, you know, again, I don't have the research super handy, but these are, these are things, these are tools that we can use and I need to do a better job of it, right? I need to do a better job of putting some of those pieces into place from the beginning so that I say, okay, decision, this meeting is going to be at this time in the morning on Tuesday so that I haven't had 19 decisions to make this week. Um, And now I'm not doing as well because I've had to sift through all these lies that I'm telling myself about what the potential outcome might be. Jamie, you said it. You need to get better at it. I need to get better at it. This applies to everybody. It doesn't matter, young, old, you know, you're working, you're going to school, it doesn't matter. This process, this skill is something that anybody can use. The 37% rule, that's something that is going to change our business. That's the first time that I've heard that. And and maybe that's, you know, you talked about putting out the book out on out in the air, right? Now people know. And maybe that was subconsciously, you didn't tell me about it because you knew that now. Okay, and now we got to do something about that. As a partnership, that is going to change how we operate because there are things that we get stuck on. You know, you talked about the book. We're working on an online curriculum. We're working on doing all these different things that, and all these different areas that we want to impact, and we get stuck. But we have the research mostly done in most of those things. It's about now go and do it, right? And then adapt. And I think that's true for you. If you're out there listening to this, there is a decision or there are multiple decisions in your day, big or small. Okay. Don't listen to the stories that you make up in your head, sift that out to what actually is happening. And there is no perfect decision. If you make a decision and it works out great. If it doesn't adapt, 
get back to the baseline, make the next one. There are tools available for us, folks. There are tools that you can use. They're everywhere. You can look them up. You can do the research yourself. You can use some of the things that we included today. But ultimately, it's in your hands to take action and to do something about it. And as always, live eyes up.